Today at the Gamers Live Podcast, we're going to be talking about E3 being officially canceled this year uh, for 2023. Uh, talking about the Game Pass Ultimate, uh, $1 perk officially, unfortunately, ending. Uh, Last of Us PC ports uh, breaking. Is that a surprise? And much more coming up here at the Gamers for Life Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gaming for Life podcast, episode 101. You're each and every Friday slash Saturday slash Sunday discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell. With me is my co-host, my pride and joy, Arthur Thomas. What's up, buddy? I think pride and joy is my new favorite title. I'm going <laughs> to frame that one. Um, yeah, but I mean, hey, man, we're uh, in for a great, super happy, fun time episode. E3's canceled. Uh, no more Game Pass for a dollar. <laughs> Last of Us port isn't playable. It's all good times. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Spring's here, guys. It's all smiles. Everything's downhill. Why are we waking up in the morning anymore? Let's that's, get to it. That's hilarious. No, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, a lot of our news is in Oh, my dude, you're, you're, reading, you're just reading this off while smiling. E3's, can, E3's canceled. Game Pass for a dollar is going away. Last of Us port's not playable. All good times. Oh, man. It's, but it's funny. Okay. Captain Pry and Joy, Captain Pry and Joy will save the day. <laughs> I hope so, because unfortunately, uh, uh, Church is going to be with us to give us that the, that positivity spin on all of this takes. So, it's got the good old uh, negative boys here. <laughs> here. Take down, take down the news for today. <laughs> just like the old, just like the good old times. Just like the good old times, baby. That's how we got to episode one hundred and one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, you want good news? Uh, go watch cartoons. Yeah, you know, E3 is dead. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's a good Cartoon Network. Wait, that's that's no more. Um, <laughs> uh, so I'll say really random. It's funny. It's funny you say that because uh, I was just rewatching like because I, I got Crunchyroll, so I'm getting back in anime. Um, or may phrase that I'm now putting time back in anime because you know as adults you know as adults you know it's not like we stop liking something it's more just i i don't have i don't have or manage my time to put time into it sort of thing so right. like, like i like anime but it's like i don't have the time to watch you know a thousand episodes of one piece right which is why i, <laughs> I never like, start it's why i never start it's like yeah. I, I can't just i can't just like jump in randomly like i have to start from the beginning and i just don't have that time <laughs> and people are like well i find time to watch one piece i'm like well props to you my dude like i'm not i'm just i'm just saying boo me because i'm just like you know like hey i work x hours a week you know i got i can only do so much time with my free i'm going to do so much for my free time youtube and just doing nothing takes a lot of it because you all knows you know there was that that gray area that happens all the time where you come home or you clock in my case you clock out of work because i work from home <laughs> um and you're in that gray area where you have enough energy to not fall asleep but definitely not enough energy to focus on a game right exactly, so, exactly. youtube hbo movies entertainment i yep. could do anime but if i did it'll be a dub because again it's like ah oh, i'm too focused to read Sorry, subtitles. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I'm gonna watch YouTube. <laughs> I know there's a book that I borrowed that I've yet to open because I'm just, I just it's tired. I don't know. <laughs> I I'm trying to read. I'm trying to read. Uh, I'm trying to read Devon's book. Um, Devon wrote a book. You know, I don't know if you remember Devon from GameStop. Yeah, yeah, he um, was the one that told me about the bomb threat. <laughs> GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a book. I wonder if that's in there. <laughs> No, nah, he uh he wrote a, he wrote a children's book. 
Oh, and cool. So, uh, and so I, so I, did, I got, I got that hard, hardback copy, copy, because I'm not responsible enough for a paperback. It's like, that's like, oh man, it's a really cool, loyal purchase. I'm just not responsible enough, so I'll pay more for that. <laughs> like, dude, controller, dude, plastic controllers and microchips don't survive me. Paper doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, kudos to you supporting him. You'll have to send me a link. I'm curious to check it out just in general. So, um, so if you are uh, watching this or listening to this, hello, be sure to like and subscribe here on our YouTube channel. Please do that. Subscribe. It's free. And we're episode 101. We got video content back on the board for y'all uh, to check out our Game of Show Live podcast, which uh, a lot of folks have been a fan of, and we hope you'll be fans of too. So be sure to like and subscribe here. And you can follow on the application of your choice when it comes to the audio version of the podcast, uh, since we have the full 101 is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just whichever one you want to choose. Uh, and then Arthur, he's our streaming guy. He does the streaming here for the Game of Life podcast. So if you want to check out his streams, he does a myriad of games. Uh, be sure to go to that YouTube channel and anything else regarding the Game of Life. Eventually, want to get some merch. Uh, I hope maybe sometime this year I can try to invest into some Game of Life merch to to have available. But. Uh, just when it comes to all things Gamers for Life, go to linktree.com forward slash Gamers for Life, the one-stop shop link to all of the other links when it comes to the Gamers for Life. And here at the Gamers for Life podcast, we read the news while you can watch or listen to what you choose by clicking on the links of the time code within the description of the episode so you know what is available to you. Or you can just hang out with us here at the Gamers for Life podcast. And we got a lot of topics here today, and as Arthur has uh, foreshadowed, a lot of those topics are unfortunately not the most uh, positive uh, news. It's a lot of news, it's just not very positive. Um, <laughs> but gosh darn it, we're here. Uh, so starting on the uh, the no-go on the news, unfortunately this was one that kind of we've, we've been talking about for a few episodes this year, right? As far as just, you know, it just doesn't seem like E3 would be around given that all the three major platforms have pulled and then some uh and unfortunately we are correct so referring to e3 2023 officially has been canceled um and according to engadget i'll read this a little bit here it says microsoft nintendo ubisoft and other major players in the game industry have all confirmed that they have no presence to e3 2020 show for now the event itself won't happen at all According to IGN, the Entertainment Software uh, Association has begun notifying members that while the show remains a beloved event and brand, the plans for E3 2023 simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that would showcase the size, strength, and impact our, our industry. Uh, and it says the, uh, in quotes, it says the ESA has confirmed cancellation on Twitter issued a statement from Reed Pop's global VP of gaming, Kyle Marston Kish saying in quote, this was a difficult decision because all the effort uh, we and our partners put towards making the event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interest companies wouldn't have playable, wouldn't have playable demos ready and resourcing challenges made uh, being at E3 this summer an obstacle they couldn't overcome for those who did commit E3 2023. We're sorry we can't put into the showcase you deserve and you've come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. Uh, end quote. It's going to end there. I think the rest of it we don't really need to read. Arthur, your thoughts on E3 2023 being canceled? It sucks because it's E3. And it's weird because I'm trying to get a lot of people's opinions on it because at the same time for me, 
it's kind of like in the not in the category of not surprising since the big three dropped out. That's why to a point when I saw these articles, I'm like, are people like dumb or is like the news just breaking of like of the big three canceling? And I was like, right. oh no, the whole thing's canceled. So, I mean, for, that's that's who, and that's the only reason for me. I'm like, am I in a category of it's not shocking or surprising because it's kind of like a smaller wave to what we've already heard. Like for me, like I'm just as the thought of it or the idea of E3 when Sony Nintendo and the Xbox backs out, that already meant for me E3 was canceled. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's like it's like your dad it's like your dad walking out to get cigarettes 15 years ago, and then now the police the police says, hey, so we're gonna file a missing report a missing a missing persons report on this guy. That was 10 years ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know I mean? <laughs> it was just like this unnecessary, I guess you could say, I don't want to say closure, but like update that for me wasn't shocking. Um, Cause that's already, that's how I mentally took it. I mentally took it months ago when we talked about Xbox and Sony and Nintendo not coming to E3. I thought that that was already agreed of like, okay, so E3 is not happening. That means everyone's going to do a digital thing. So I'm just sitting here like, Oh no, but didn't we cover this already? <laughs> sort of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of factors to this. One of them, like you said, I agree with you. I mean, for I, maybe it's just the GameStop guys. We've just been on this. We're like, it's not gonna happen. Like I was even um I was even surprised that kind of funny, um, Tim Gettys. I have nothing per I there's nothing personal I have against him. I just think that he gives the less the least amount you of You hate him, you wanna punch his dog, <laughs> we get it. He gives the least amount of input out of everyone and maybe it's because he's like a part owner, kind of funny, he's doing other things, which I can understand, I get it. But just I could tell how out of touch he was because there's an episode where they're like he was like, I think E three's gonna happen. I think a sixty percent chance that I could happen. And, and like Greg and and Blessing were like no Blessing and, and uh, I want to say Andy Cortez he was like they're like no like no it's not going to happen what are you talking about like 99% chance like it's not going to happen and in fact it didn't happen um, so you know obviously from that perspective yes like this isn't really new information to us I think people were just let down in general because this is kind of the first year where like COVID regulations were like off off. Right. So like last year, there are some dwindles, uh, 2021, uh, you know, there are some parameters people could go outside, but there's still parameters. Right. Um, and this is kind of the first year where when it comes to parameters of people not being able to see anybody, it's kind of been off the table. Right. And people have been able to, to do things that they used to do, you know, go to concerts and whatnot. So I think um, that is one of the reasons why people are so upset, because I think a lot of people were looking forward to this. And unfortunately, it didn't come to pass. Um, I will say though, when it comes to positivity, this is definitely a plus in Jeff Keeley's book. <laughs> Dude, tell me why I was about I was about to read off like an article here from game from you know from Game Rant, uh, <laughs> from Game Rant, and it's like already and it's already talk about Jeff Keeley. I'm like, dude, Jeff, you still hey apologies, but constructive criticism for the sore issues, but please don't take it to heart. Summer Game Fest. Dude, I'm still impressed with last year's Summer Game Fest. Remember, remember, like I wasn't gonna watch it. First of all, it was like on Thursday afternoon, perfect time for us and you know employed people to not watch it. 
Um, exactly. But no, some last year's Summer Game Fest had a ton of like legitimate announcements. And it's been getting better and better. And the other thing, um, reading Game Rant, uh, Game Rant or um, right here, is that it's going to be in person. So Summer Game Fest is going to be in person. Now, with this same Game Rant article, I'm, I'm kind of like, can't think, I'm kind of thinking of the word um, summarizing here. Um, but again, it says, let um, me just quote it. Summer Game Fest recently poached several of E3's usual publisher associates and has all but subsume, uh, subsumed new word e3's role as a focus series of the comp uh, as a um a focus series of conference at summer game fest now intends to capture the demos and socializing of past e3s with an in-person event it should serve as a comparable mid-june rallying point for a publisher showcases completely agree the fact that it's gonna be in person again with co- with covid some states than earlier <laughs> making covid end <laughs> Uh, but E3 is in LA County. Ooh, <laughs> COVID was not known for being concise back home in LA County. <laughs> I will say at the same time, I kind of you know praise Jeff Keighley. Real quick, here's one sentence I don't agree with uh, with Game Rant. I want to discuss with you. Like the opening, here's the opening line. So for Ga- Game Rant has you know their article, E3 may never recover from its confirmed cancellation 2023. This is Liam Ferguson opening line. After years of, of uncertainty, it's finally happened. E3 has been canceled due to a lack of interest in attendance. Pause. The lack of attendance, I think that's a lack of attendance by fans because of how much stupid amounts of game journalists and supposed, I hate this word, I hate how they affect every industry they touch like a virus, influencers. You remember how, you know, even for example, the Fallout 76 the the collector's edition not to go down that rabbit hole but even for example when it, when a collector's edition was supposed to have a bag and they said oh we never made it sorry it doesn't exist and then the dozens dozens of influencers that got that bag out of three so i'm just kind of using that i don't know why but the what that opening line that said has been canceled due to a lack of interest and in attendance the attendance one is the line i don't like because as a as a person as a customer you know, as a fan, I have felt that E3 in person has been gatekeeped for years, decades by its own industry and its own attendance policies or just how like how open they are with not true pub with not the public being, being able to attend. So you can't say the attendance is low when your ratio of influencers and industry has been increasing while you themselves have been decreasing access to the public. So that's why I feel that that line of attendance is a huge asterisk that they themselves made. Yeah. I think you have a good point as far as like, Hey, it's, it's a bit deeper than that. It's a very shallow sense when it comes to E3. So I do agree with you on that. And I would say it's it's even deeper than the influencers, right? Because in, to be to be completely honest, influencers are still getting exclusive or content that the public doesn't get. It's just it's just Bethesda did a terrible job of hiding it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like my, like like Microsoft, Sony and them, they they're still giving out specific influencer stuff to them. It's just Bethesda did a bad job. Of, of just kind of making it where, you know, they, they did a bad job of one, balancing their inventory, and then two, uh, just really not like pretty much spitting on customers' faces when it comes to that. But the other point I was going to say was 
that you said that's really that that's a great point as far as just the 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 imbalance of general admission from the public and with vendors um you know so when you talk about attendance some people didn't have the option to attend right it was e3 was never like a comic-con which i think e3 should have been more like a comic-con where you have people you know where people can join e3 that aren't a part of a media press or whatever the case may be you know they did that too little too late and honestly i think one of the main reasons why e3 is not um it's not due to a lack of interest i don't think that's true because i agree i agree with i was shocked by that statement i was like what do you how is this your opener like yeah it's like i'm I'm reading the rest of the article out of spite (laughs) yeah i mean i think unfortunately i think game rents kind of dwindled off they used to be a lot better in my opinion um i go to view games chronicle for a lot of news today um but I think it's just whoever they had on the story just wasn't really knowledgeable in games. But, um, you know, my opinion is that one of the main reasons why E3 uh, has dwindled off is because it's so goddamn expensive. Like, if you talk about the the leasing of having a booth, having space, having those things, I think they were charging a shit ton to these companies. And then I think these companies just said, you know, why are we paying all this money to see press? You know what I mean? Especially when when 20. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say really quick, especially when in 2020, they kind of proved like they kind of just showed to themselves. They said, oh, like we can get the same stuff off via digital. You know what I mean? And press can still do their thing via digital, just not running around. You know what I mean? So it's like, why are we paying all of this money? Um, You know, so I think that was really the test dummy because before that, there was a lot of E3s that really kind of didn't happen or if they're just really like just really nothing was happening because they want to give the excuse to demos and whatnot. I think Summer Game Fest pretty much contested that. They're like, no, that's not it. That's not the reason why E3 is canceled. You know, um, there's even a deeper discussion to be made, too, as far as Jeff Keighley, because remember, Jeff Keighley used to be very tight knit with E3 and and. I was reading uh, and slash hearing on podcasts and whatnot that Jeff Keighley was giving some criticism to E3. Like, hey, like you guys, you guys are kind of missing like the mark here on this. You need to do X, Y, and Z. And they pretty much just said, fuck you. They were like, you know, we're going to do what we're going to do. And they really underestimated the power that Jeff Keighley has in the gaming industry. So he was just like, okay. You know, so he started to do his own thing, obviously, i.e. get Summer Game Fest, the Game Awards, all this stuff. You know, he's been in the industry for over 30 years. He has all these connections. He knows when things are coming out. He knows his connections to publish, publishers, developers. So, you know, I, I think I think he even I think he even released like a cheeky tweet as far as like once he found out that E3 uh, – Ether was canceled. I think he said, I think he had kind of like a cheeky, like, fuck you, like, tweet basically, uh, saying, like, haha, I told you, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't blame him, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Especially when you, when you, when you were someone who was a big advocate for it, but you have people running it that don't really understand the gamer and the vision of it. Okay. I th- <laughs> Based on Arthur's reaction, I think he found the tweet. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead. R.A.P. Bozo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So it's just like, yeah. So I think that's the biggest, that's one of the biggest things too, is where they had, they already had the inside guy to make E3 what it was, that E3 way better, you know, and, um, 
yeah i i honestly just think uh that it's getting it's gotten so much hype because people were really excited with you know things quote unquote back to normal um and that it's officially canceled but but yeah i mean i think for e3 to sustain say for 2024 uh they really need to if they really want to take it seriously they really need to do they really need to look at their costs they really need to look at uh just like how to really give the who they want to give the experience for do they want to give the experience for these media people for these influencers or do they want to give the experience to the customer and and i've always said you know or i've said before like they need to make this a comic-con type of convention like if if they have to make the money the profit off of food off of shit that people are gonna buy that the regular customer won't but the gamer customer will you know invest in that you know the different types of vendors obviously having microsoft and nintendo and then back like they need to do that that is what they need to do i think but go ahead here because here's here's like so first of all there was r.i.p r.i.p bozo <laughs> which i thought was hilarious but there's more <laughs> of a heartfelt one so so uh by the way that's like the first time i think i've ever read a tweet actually just reading a tweet also out loud so this is new ballpark for me also <laughs> not not annoyed that, that i'm doing it on jeff Keeley. so yeah. Hey, thank, for for my first impression to this thing called you know like reading tweets from Twitter. Thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> and so here, what he says is, "Here's 15 year old me at the first ever E3 in 1995. E3 meant so much to me and so many of you too. Four years ago, I realized that E3 was evolving as it needed to compete in a global digital world. So we started building what's next. See you at hashtag Summer Game Fest June 8th, and then send another one out." Join together to celebrate what's in uh, what's next in video games at Summer Game Fest returns live Thursday, June 8th, streaming live everywhere. Boom. Heartfelt. Hey, I've been he's been there since day one. He's been yeah, there. He, my guy, my guy was there since E3 day one. And kind of hints, you know, at that. Not the discussion, you know, you know, like a behind doors discussion, but says, hey, I've mentioned, you know, realized that this needs to evolve and needs to change. And and we did. We did that. Summer Game Fest. See you there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely a nice tie-in to, to him promoting his own stuff. But I don't, bl- again, I don't blame him. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, unfortunately, E3 pulled a blockbuster. You know what I mean? And didn't really recognize the value of digital. You know, so um, it is what it I mean, is. And also, good point. You mentioned, you mentioned Comic-Con. Like, at Comic-Con has, it. like, Comic-Con, to my knowledge... I want to say really doesn't do a lot of like, I don't want to say the word as press, but like press badges as much because they know their value. Like, oh, you're an influencer? Too bad. Pay for your ticket. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, oh, you're like, they know where, like, like comic, like Comic Con doesn't need its influencers. Neither did E3. E3 didn't need, didn't need every single person with an Instagram to promote Bethesda. E3 didn't need every single person with a Twitter to promote Ubisoft. You know what I mean? Ubisoft, Square Enix, these are companies that excel far in between, you know, beyond on their own, you know, far on their own without influencers. But E3 just went hard into that. I'm not saying it was the end all be all, but, but, but again, you discussing Comic-Con made me realize that. Because again, like Comic-Con knows its worth. It's almost like, like when I worked at hotels, people would like literally email us, hey, I'm an influencer. Can I get a free room if I talk about your thing? No. We're like a rolled around company. Sorry, like at the time I was working there, right? But you know, up until COVID 2020, our biggest marketer is not you, it was Google. 
just people Googling a hotel in Long Beach, California. So our biggest way to get out there wasn't through you. It was, it's just through making sure that we pop up as like the recommended when people Google us. And I know it's not apples, apples, but that's my only tangible, you know, you know, experience with influencers. So the Comic-Con thing reminded me of that. They knew their worth and E3 didn't know theirs. Jeff knows his, he has, he has intelligence, his backing. And I'm looking forward to Game Fest, man. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely. Um, so moving on here uh, to the next thing, and unfortunately, um, you know, there's the there's the the there's the the there's the phrase or the quote rather, trying to make a dollar out of fifteen cents, and unfortunately, you're gonna need a lot more than a dollar uh, to subscribe to Game Pass. <laughs> And I'm referring to uh, the Game Pass uh, per ultimate perk of people joining. Uh, unfortunately, they have uh, removed that. So the $1 is no more. It looks like there is an additional perk that they announced. Um, let me see if I'm reading this right, Arthur. So it says, MSN.com says you're in quote, the latest Xbox Game Pass ultimate perk. Sure to be welcome news for fans for the Square Circle looking to catch this weekend's big event as members will be able to watch uh, WWE's WrestleMania 39 as part of their membership. Uh, the Wrestling Federation latest entry into the world of gaming recently was made waves across the pond as WWE 2023, uh, 2K23, uh, Kate Hogwarts Legacy from the top, uh, the top spot at the UK sales chart earlier this month. Let's see here. Oh, it's God. I hate this fucking website. This it, it says read more, but you got to download the app. So I'm, I'm not going to download Read more. App. Pay me 70 cents. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> um, oh, here, oh, here, oh, here we go. Here we go. Sorry. Sorry. I had to press another button. So let me read this here. This is your quote. The latest promotion available to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members is arriving just in time for those hoping to catch Cody Rhodes taking on Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship this weekend. Available through June 30th, members of the Xbox or Microsoft's Game Subscription Service can now get two months of NBC's Peacock Premium as part of their membership with WrestleMania airing on subscription service this year. That means Xbox Game Pass members won't have to miss a minute of the action if they claim to offer the big event. Um, but they still have to pay full price for Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> so uh, with that being said, um, I guess, Arthur, give me your thoughts on one no more of the dollar uh, buy-in and how, you know, what that means to you. And then uh, I guess it's the future game pass as far as promoting it for new folks that haven't got into it yet. Um, I'm sad that that was gone. Cause that was, I know a lot of people I know, I know like, even like a lot of popular streamers, like angry Joe show. That's how they got into game pass was the dollar thing. They're like, I want to try it. Oh, it's a dollar. I'll try it. And then that's, that's how they locked everybody in. I think realistically though, like constructively i'm okay with this and it makes sense for the dollar thing remember we like we looked at those stats pre-covid um they uh they were 10 million and then it was i want to say april april 2020 10 million active users or subscribers um and then come uh three months later like july um 15 million a 50% increase in three months. So not only was the value of Game Pass already there, so what did they need? 
you know, advertising, marketing, and users. Upside, downside, COVID was a major booster to the gaming industry as a whole. MMO, some more active users, you know, nearly arguably every corner of the gaming industry saw a boost in some way during COVID. You know what I mean? Like we said, like we said, the year 2020, gaming made more than movies and music combined. You know? So, because that major jump, I would argue that because of that massive, you know, 50% increase we saw during 2020 during COVID, I would argue if it wasn't for that jump, that massive 50% jump, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't really hear about this dollar thing ending. If, if, if Game Pass had stayed the course, the world had stayed the course, and there, there were still increasing in users. That was, that was a trend. They were still increasing in users on a quarterly, yearly basis. We may still see this dollar thing being in use. But here we are, mass amount of users. It's on TVs now. It's the words out there. Game Pass is, my opinion, the best value in gaming. Not the best value for Xbox. It is the best value in all of gaming they know it their fans know it the words out there they have the back both not only the financial backing but let's say more the public backing or the public word of mouth the knowledge to have the privilege and ability now to dial back on that massive discount um bonus and um i'm again i'm, I'm not i'm not i'm gonna say i'm not happy it's gone but at the same time i'm not mad because I can see why they want to now, but, and also they're at the great, great area where if they didn't now, I think a lot of people want to be as frustrated as well because now that more people see the value of it, that's more people to say, hey, it is a good value, just do it sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree, Arthur. Um, I think uh, I think there's a few asterisks, though, that may, and maybe we're not seeing the full picture, um, but you are... 100% correct that uh, game, in my opinion as well, Game Pass is the biggest value um, says a subscription service period, you know what I mean? I, I don't think there's anything that comes close to the value that Game Pass offers when it comes to just, you're playing full scale games for 15 bucks a month and it's an amazing library now, you know, it's not like it used to be as far as Gears Halo Machine there's there's some great fucking games there, you know what I mean? And you can and you can play it multiple ways, you know what I mean? I was freaking out to you. I'm like, I'm playing Doom 3 Eternal on my Samsung Note using a PlayStation controller. What the fuck is happening? Like, you know what I mean? Like, the it's future just is wild. terrifyingly awesome. <laughs> yeah, like there are people playing Skyrim on their Samsung fridge. Like, it's just just wild things are happening, right? And it's amazing that game pass is that is just that versatile where you can access it in those type of ways there's even little devices now like the steam deck i believe that you can play game pass on those things you know what i mean so there's like game they're they're making like game pass handheld players now i know logitech has one that i was thinking about looking into razor has one um that i'm thinking about considering as well but um as far as for the dollar thing so part of me wonders and again, these are numbers that we don't have, but, you know, you mentioned how, you know, went from 10 million to 15 million, uh, game pass users. Now I'm wondering how many of those game pass users for the, uh, uh that, you know, that additional 5 million increase, how many of those folks were, were, were a dollar buy-in, right? Well, you're about to sneeze, but you can't, 
Yeah, yeah, sorry. Okay. It's exactly what's happening. I was just identifying what it was. Sorry, I didn't want to distract him. Just like no, it's okay. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was like either, either he sees something on the wall or he's about to sneeze. Um, no, but what I was saying was, how many of those the additional five million? How many of those people were on the dollar subscription? You know what I mean? I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see the sustainability of customers using Game Pass, because in my thoughts. While it is a short win for that increase to be had, when it comes to the costs, the operating, you know, besides the operating profit and the costs, was there any real profit for those folks that had a dollar? How many of those people went from a dollar to actually paying the full 15 bucks? You know, so uh, those are the numbers that I would love to see just to truly see where gamepad is at game pass is at from a profitable standpoint but it is unequivocal that it's shaken up the industry in its entirety right you know what i mean people don't want to pay 60 70 just out of pocket anymore They're like well i'd rather just use game pass which is the reason why you know sony is attempting to do playstation now or at least make it better because they started and it was just didn't work at all um you know you have geforce now which they're trying to do that thing uh so it's the the streaming function of video games is becoming more and more an interest you know what i mean more and more of an interest and um while this is a neat promotion it's nothing like the dollar thing where it's just like hey it's a dollar for was it three months or something ridiculous um i mean think about it three three months when it comes to a corporation that's 25%. That's a fiscal year, right? Or that's a, that's a quarter. That's a fiscal, that's a quarter, that's a fiscal, right? That's a fiscal quarter to just yeah. gone for a dollar. Exactly. So it's like, that is like, imagine how much money, like potential money lost that they, that they invested, like pretty much like invested just to get market share. That's why I always talk about market share for Microsoft. They have, this is a trillion dollar company. They're like the second, like most profitable company in the world. So they have the cachet to lose money, to bleed money at Amazon, another company, they can bleed money to a degree, um, to get market share, to get more customers saying, what is that? Hey, that's cool. Let's check that out. Which is why the dollar feature was such a big thing. Part of me too, and I and I don't think I blame Game Pass for this. Remember, Microsoft just had thousands of layoffs as well. So it's like yeah. how much of a contributor was that dollar function to that layoff? But it's hard to say, you can't really say, but it's just something to think about, right? Um, but yeah, man, I think in general, I think Game Pass will be okay. I think they're probably wondering what else they can do from a profit standpoint or from a deal standpoint, you know, because even even cutting it in half for like two months, right? Like even though it's not nearly as crazy as the dollar one, but even cutting it in half where it's, you know, it's uh, what? It's like 78 bucks, right? Um, uh, seven eight seven seven fifty, if you if you will, but uh, for two months, like that's still an amazing deal. You know what I mean? Way better than any Netflix, HBO, whatever the fuck subscription service. Like, absolutely buy in on that. So, um, and Xbox still today, but Game Pass, it's still the only subscription service where I would say like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna redo that. Like if I feel like if it's expired, I need to pay fifteen bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I'm not playing games, 
Xbox Game Pass is the new gym membership for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, even if I'm not going there, I'm just going to pay it because I, I already started paying it and I'm going to keep paying it. That's Game Pass to me right now. You know what I mean? It's a very relatable analogy, my friend. <laughs> yeah, like, as an adult, like, it's just, I don't have, you know, like, I'm a musician too, so it's like, I don't have time really to play games. I'd rather apply for something else. But I'm not just going to leave it expired. I have to renew it. It's Game Pass. It's the most profitable, viable thing. What if I one day just decide just to go and play it? You know, so I kind of equated to like the new June membership. Uh, but yeah, man, that, that's really all I have to say. Any lasting thoughts for you? Um, a couple things. Uh, the second part of this article, the perks. Well, a lot of people don't know is the perks. What I mean by perks is they just gift you stuff. And that rotates all the time. I mean, like what I see on there all the time, a month of Spotify premium, a month of Apple TV, two months of, Pe of Peacock premium. By the way, whoever did this ad or the, this article MSN, perfect job. You nailed the audience because you know, because they, they knew why they were doing two months of Peacock. Oh, because they want to watch the new Halloween movie? No, because it's WrestleMania weekend. In fact, if you watch, if you're, if you listen, uh, we're never recording on a Sunday, the last day of WrestleMania is today. And that's right. Like, that's just right up that, that, you know, those are two markets that blend a daily WrestleMania, you know, WWE fans and gamers. Um, so for example, like someone like me, I'm going to wait till I hear, I hear more about Ted Lasso and then I'm going to cash in on that free month of, you know, that free month of Apple TV and just binge watch Ted Lasso <laughs> and just make sure I just end my subscription before, before the, you know, before that month ends. But that's what I'm saying though. And Another thing about Game Pass and its value is and how it like adds to, in my opinion, adds the profit and or per, sorry, purchases is Far, Far Cry 5. I sent this in the game chat right now. So what's happening right now, number one, um, Far Cry 5 is 85% off because it's on its 10 year anniversary. There is a big aesthetics update. Um, one of the DLCs for one of the DLCs for Far Cry 5, the Vietnam one, is just a perk right now. And as much as I love Far Cry, I never bought the DLCs for um for Far Cry. So when I saw this perk of like, oh, they're just giving me a free whole DLC. Um, I downloaded I downloaded that, and that made me think. Well, if I have one, and there's three, let me do some math, and I'll look at the how much the cost of the other two DLCs. And it turns out everything's on sale. So I ended up buying up. I ended up buying the other two, the, other, the other two DLCs. That I've never played and reinstalled Far Cry 5 since now at some point me and Victor are going to go back to Far Cry 5 and play the DLCs we never got. So those perks, they're, I mean, you get perks there all the time. Like, for example, um, Victor still plays Fallout 76. Um, that upgrade for the pit or whatever, something like that, there was like yeah. um, a bundle or some skins or some weapons that you get. World of Warships shows up all the time. World of Tanks shows up all the time. A lot of the MMO style games shows up a lot. Like Neverwinter, you get perks on. Um, Halo Infinite, I'm not playing it. Church, I'm sure, is super happy about this. But <laughs> you get a lot of Halo Infinite skins and per and skins and aesthetics in the game. But but that's another thing too that I want to that a lot of people don't talk about too much. I'm glad this article did. Is is the like perks you get you, again for Peacock subscription services like outside of gaming subscription services shows up all the time in these perks apple plus this is the first time i've seen peacock but one month of apple plus or apple tv whatever they call it shows up on uh, shows up on game pack perks all the time all the time i'm just kind of waiting it out because ted lasso's around the corner that's the only thing i would watch 
Um, but again, the timing with WrestleMania, I think is just ingenious marketing. So good go- good job on MSN for that article. Um, yeah. One thing I will say with Game Pass, we're talking about users. I have some numbers for you. So mm-hmm. as we as we previously discussed, 20, in April of 2020, 10 million users. By um, September 15, already discussed that. As of January 2022, 25 million. So again, the the you know to have that have an increase of that much that fast. Again, you, you know, again, a entire fiscal quarter for a dollar. <laughs> they were bleeding money. Now they could afford to bleed money, but they can but no one can afford the bleed money the ble- to bleed money forever. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. Amazon spending half a billion on gaming every year. <laughs> um crazy number by the way. But so again, so come January 22, and this is by the way, not January 23, January 2022, uh, 25 million users. So, um, yeah, that's, what, a, that's great. That's impressive numbers. Definitely. They couldn't bleed. They couldn't bleed forever. It was a fun ride while I was there. The ride had to stop at some point. Yeah. Get off. Yeah. You know, and that's when, and, and you know, from, uh, just from like a textbook notion, you know, business textbook notion, that's what you want to see when you're bleeding that much, you know, to get that market share. And, and they end, and obviously they ended up keeping and growing, right? Those folks ended up becoming, uh, you know, valued customers, or they saw the value in what Game Pass was. And it's and and also too, we have to think about as well, right? The the to, to stay on Game Pass a little bit before we go to the next topic. Um, they these past conferences that they had as they're doing the dollar function also contributed significantly to these people staying and growing the the number base right so like all these conferences where it said oh starfield game pass this game pass this game pass and then you're like oh yeah and it's a dollar to join like what the fuck <laughs> like are you fucking kidding me yeah i'm gonna fucking do it you know what i mean like i used to think that uh there was like a superstar video and it was like oh yeah five bucks for five rentals for seven days yeah i'll do that you know what I mean? so it's like the new rental it's just like wait this is a, it's a dollar for three months and in the next month this 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 game they're game pass you know are going to be exclusively to game pass like that's ridiculous you know what i mean like that's such a great promotion and marketing function and they've just done such a great job of every other conference they're specifically pushing game pass and that function as well and then you have gurus like yourself and me mentioning to people like hey a dollar to join bro this is the best fucking dollar you're gonna spend i fucking guarantee it you know what i mean like it's just it's like you're, you're shooting yourself for not doing it you know what I mean? It's like, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do that's going to be better than a dollar for Game Pass? Nothing. 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 <laughs> it, dude, it may, it may have only been a dollar. Phil, you have no idea how many how many people I've told to get Game Pass. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we really we really need to we need to try to work on a, a fill, uh, if we get to the numbers the subscription we numbers we got to try to see if we can be affiliate game uh, uh, Xbox affiliates. You know, dude, I I mean, like speaking of Xbox and Game Pass, and you, like you said, E3, dude, the last the last three years of E3s have killed it for game pass i was like remember like the last time we did e3 in person i was at your house i had a little too much because i learned voodoo rangers are doubles i didn't know that um <laughs> I, I remember know. i remember Ju- like julie the next day was like what the or like what's that smell or like uh... <laughs> was like i it's oh, not my vomit bad. it's not 
<laughs> oh my bad. I was like enjoying my time. I'm like, oh man, these are these IPAs are kicking. Oh, they're doubles. What? <laughs> um, but that was when you know when I was when I was losing my mind and I was like, you know, at E3, that not at E3, but that was that was when I had really dip my foot into game pass because as much as i might as much as my as i love it no i was definitely there not 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 day one at all but that was really the first e3 where we start seeing that you know the xbox logo for a, a trailer and also the game pass logo game pass game pass game pass i'm just like it was just them you know thankfully you know reassuring the value in my purchase every month of like hey you pay us every month guess what this is coming to game pass that's coming to game pass that's coming to game pass oh you don't have game pass a dollar <laughs> and that was exactly. just and you were there when i was going insane when i when they announced psychonauts 2 and psychonauts 2 was coming to game pass day one i was like oh my god um those are my favorite memories too of e3 where it's just like i'm like whether you went over to my house or i went over to, to the apartment or Victor was there just like oh like we just planned a whole day of like getting food and stuff and just like drinking beers and watching e3 and like oh shit you know we planned like, our whole day around it dude it was yeah, like clear calendar it. It's e it's it's you know e three Saturday it's e three Sunday, yeah those are definitely some of my favorite memories definitely. I will say, I will say one last thing before kind of well that note, with e three officially being canceled, Jeff, Booby. e three is canceled. Please, don't make Summer Game Fest on a Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's already winning, you know what I mean. But you should definitely, you should definitely blow their backs out by releasing it on a weekend. <laughs> just to, just to be like, this is how you do it. Um, if I don't see an drill. If, if if Summer Game Fest kills it and blows out of the water, I don't see one article with that phrasing. Jeff Keeley blew their backs out. I'll be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm coming up with crazy shit today i don't know what's going on <laughs> also on that note i did look it up june 8th is a thursday jeff god damn it we love you but please <laughs> yeah it's like you can shoot you can like at this point he can change the hands of time like why choose thursday <laughs> he can change the calendar like uh silly silly um so uh one of the favorite things about game pass for me is having game pass uh, on the pc because i can play with y'all and whatnot uh on a lot of games that are cross-platform uh and unfortunately on the side of sony on that fence when it comes to some of our favorite games available for the pc port and i'm talking about last of us sometimes it doesn't fucking work <laughs> and unfortunately last of us pc version is doomed to that to the point of refunds for the game which is like the worst thing when it comes to a digital something digital uh refunding for a digital like the worst thing ever so let me go and read this here according to msn.com says here admit controversy about the game's performance pc gamers are being granted steam refunds for the last of us the pc release of the last of us had been anticipated for some time but gamers haven't particularly satisfied with the product they've received uh, expand article each uh, early days for the game on the pc have been rough to say the least on launch day last of us players were reporting hour-long load times before even being able to play the game 
With Sony's continuing commitment to bringing its biggest titles to PC, having this happen to one of its flagship franchises is the nightmare scenario. Pre-release, some gamers expressed concern that Iron Galaxy would be handling the port after it had infamously responsible for the Batman Arkham Knight PC port disaster. Iron Galaxy was also in charge of the Uncharted Legacy Thieves uh, collection PC port, and many issues have been seen in that title also seem to be playing The Last of Us. The refunds for the game were pointed out in a Reddit thread under user TurboStrider27. While Steam operates as a guaranteed refund policy for players with under two hours played in the game no more than two weeks after the purchase, there have been high-profile cases in the past where the platform had expanded this. Uh, similar reports like Cyberpunk 2077 was launched as one of the most notorious games releases of all time. Uh, with Last of Us being review-bombed on Steam, among constant reports of performance problems and glitches, it's no surprise that players want their money back, end quote. Um, so it sounds like they need to fucking fire this company, Iron Galaxy. Like, I, what, is it that hard to get fired from doing something like that? Like, they worked on three huge franchises for Sony, and they fucked up all of them. So it's just like, guys, what are you doing? So it's just, there's a lot of layers to this, strangely. So one of them... The first layer, which is obvious and it's annoying, you know, haha, ha, negative for you PC gamers, you, uh, you elitists, you supposable superior people, you can't even get a, a game that's, you know, a game that's been what, like almost 10 years old, uh, to have a good working port for it, haha, ha, go for console. Um, so there's always that. Uh, <laughs> I need you to do the rest of that podcast in the voice, Joe. <laughs> ha ha, cool. for the good guys. <laughs> But uh, so that's always uh, that's always that. Um, but the other thing is that look, Sony said that they want half of their they want half of they want half of their library to be available on PC by 2025. By the looks of it, that's not possible if you're going to have people like Iron Galaxy in charge of this because I just don't think they got what it takes for this to happen. You know what I mean? So it's. I guess it's a little more relieving to identify, oh, they just have a terrible, <laughs> have a bad company or developers uh, working on this and they just, maybe they just can't really, working on working on PC ports is just not really their forte, you know what I mean? Um, and they just need to find a different company to do it uh, because these folks are not doing it for you. And, it, and when it comes to, what, 2025 is in two years. So you went half a year of Cali to be on PC in two years, but if it's just a bunch of glitchy shit, that's not going to be that's not going to be a good thing for PC. You know what I mean? So it's it's weird, right? It's weird, uh, and it doesn't make me want to get a console. Still, PlayStation still has problems as far as like really being a console for for early adopters and a console for for true fans, not just someone who wants to buy a console, buy one game. You know what I mean? It's just they barely even have that you know they got god or ragnarok they got horizon uh uh the horizon series they got this but it's just like when it comes to just all the other games that are available on playstation one given time uh i always say over seven thousand games came out on that on that console and there's a lot of really great games that they could remake uh and then just focusing on blockbuster i mean pc they're just you know I think PC is fine. I think they're just more annoyed, if anything. I think PC players really care about PlayStation being on. Well, even more so now, right? Uh, being available for PC, it's just going to be a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, I I've talked to you long. What are your thoughts? 
I mean, my thoughts from the outside looking in this, I mean, I feel like this happens all the time. Like, I don't, I don't have a PC, but I feel like I hear articles all the time of like, oh, in this game's PC port is, is horrible. I'm, I'm just sitting here like, yeah, isn't that part of the deal when you own a PC? You just cross your fingers and hopes it, hope it works. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's I, not true at all. <laughs> Because I, because because again, because that's something I never, I just, you know, again from the console side, that's like I never have to worry about. I mean, not like so much a port, it's just more like, will the game work? Which AAA games just don't. Um, my other games, like, will it work? Um, yeah, it's because because to your point, it's and this is again, this is something that console does not have to deal with nope. most of the time, or actually all the time. It's it's dependent on your system, the system requirements of the game. And if you match those system requirements, um, there's one website that I always recommended to customers. And I think, I think you did as well, but a system requirements lab.com. They, yeah, yeah you download the patch. It, it looks what you have, and then you can pick what game out of their list and they'll tell you if, if it can be played or not with, with you not having to buy it. I used to mention that site all the time for PC players and that was really the main go-to. You know what I mean? So part of it is just if you have a powerful enough PC in general. So I think 30, 40% of people that are upset at uh, games that don't work, it's like, look, you didn't do the homework of identifying if it works or not. But this is outside of that. This is if you have 100, you have like, you should be able to play everything in the world and it takes a shit. You know what I mean? So that that's the unfortunate nature. I was going to say real quick, I was, mention- I, was, I was having my, I'm thinking of a memory of a face. Uh, I want to say it was. I think it was. It was either. I think I want to say is not Star Wars: Knights of the Republic Online, or Final Fantasy fourteen. You remember there was one game during our time at GameStop that like a lot of people couldn't play day one because of the surprising system requirements. I just I just remember the color. It might orange. be the older public. I just remember the color orange a lot. I just remember having a very really? orangey font, and that that I just remember an orange font. An older mm. public has a yellow and orange font. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember vanilla Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. Remember that that game's long dead. They did a whole massive two point oh four point oh on it. Yeah, but but speaking of, but yeah, speaking of the requirements, you know, again, you know, we, we were there. We were there when I want to say it was Old Republic. Old Republic surprisingly had a had a significantly higher or surprisingly high for what we saw um, system requirement. Um, but again, not the case here. That just a bad port just doesn't work. <laughs> I the glitches are fun, yeah. and it's fun and it's fun for me to watch. You know, it's it's fun for me to watch. You know, you know, Ground Zero from outside the rubble. But <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, all I can say is drill. If if half the games coming from Sony to PC are gonna look like this, <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. It's yeah, and then I'd love to see the 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 compilation, the glitch compilation of Sony's favorite games on PC, and people just doing a bunch of dumb shit and glitches and shit. Oh, I think Lord. I think Blackface Joel is my favorite so far. Oh my god, that is terrible. <laughs> it's just it's just like it looks That's like disgusting. You, have you seen videos? Have you seen videos when people get um, a bag of coal, like charcoal, put in their head, shake it up, and they take their face, they take it off, and just like covered in soot, and just but you know, all, like every skin orifice is covered with soot, and no, it, it looks like that. It looks like, it looks like Joel just it looks like Joel got a bag of charcoal in his head, shook it up, took it off, and I was like. Hey Ellie, what's up? <laughs> Jesus Christ! But um, but again, if Sony's going to have half the catalog online, it's going to look like this. 
we have a lot to look for. We have a lot more stories to look forward to, Drill, for content. <laughs> Good lord, man. Yeah, unfortunately, we definitely do. <laughs> but I, I will say again too, when you hear, when you hear refunds on the digital space, that is rare. That's that's you know few and far between, and it's concerning when you when 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 you start hearing of digital refunds, that's to a, that's in the category of a game is unplayable that that someone sold you and you purchase something that does not work that's concerning like it's even more concerning because they're literally lo- losing um like all the profit for that right because yeah. you know like we talked about for GameStop you know when we push digital i mean we, there we, there's a sliver of it a very a very small sliver went to GameStop, but most of it went to, you know, the peeps, right? The publisher is the maker pu- of the game. Exactly, publisher, a little cut from the developer, and all the other shit. But re- imagine refunding all of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that is concerning. That is terribly concerning. So it's just, you know, it's not one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, it's a small portion that's being refunded. It's like no profit that was supposed to go to multiple functions is being refunded. So that's a huge fucking issue. Um, don't don't worry, don't worry. Um, quoting our buddy Philly Phil, "Last of Us will survive this." <laughs> I'm so tired of Last of Us right now. But uh, <laughs> what? No. Great, great, great. Uh, they did a great interpretation. The re- from HBO, the re- but that's about it. The, rem- the remaster part two is coming out. And don't worry, Drill, that means The Last of Us part two might be in three parts. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you sent me this, and I uh, I think it's a change that we can talk about for a little bit here. So this is um, another MSN article here. Uh, but it says here in quote or the, for the title, Shuhei Yoshida wants the PS5 to become more welcoming, more welcoming place for indie devs. So it says you're continuing quote former CSIE Worldwide Studios president Shuhei Yoshida has outlined how the PS5 can become a premier place for smaller game developers in the industry. As the PS5 enters its third year of the market availability, it's been an ongoing saga for the now head of independent developer initiative at Sony. Speaking at industry bit. Uh, GamesIndustry.biz, uh, Yoshida has doubled down on plans for Sony's latest home console to bring in as many creators as possible out uh, of the system. In the interview, he said, we are working hard to improve our systems and tools, sharing information, better promote games, and we try to create new ways to showcase these quality games to users. There's been a shortage of support for uh, independent developers on the PS5, as the PlayStation Indies initiative has been thriving since its launch July of 2020, this push spearheaded by Shuishida himself since stepping down as president has now blossomed into a platform to discover all of the upcoming games from smaller uh, teams as the answer to the AAA focus of some of the best PS5 games on the market. It says there have been some stigma around the difficulty of developing games on the PS5, which has persisted since uh, even before the launch of the PS5. It's something that Yoshida wants to tackle head on and let developers know that's not the case. We're on the change of perceptions of the challenges of developing and publishing games on PlayStation. It's a communication challenge we've been working on, uh, end quote. Um, I'm going to end there because it's sad because I think there is... Shuhei Yoshida and Jim Ryan, they don't think the same thing. They're not in line with each other. Um, they're not in line with each other. 
Uh, and I've always been a big fan of Shuhei Yoshida. When Shuhei Yoshida was the SIE president uh, of Sony, that was that's some of my favorite PlayStation memories of owning the console. Uh, he's just really a true passionate gamer, and and understood the gamer very similar to um, Phil Spencer, right? And uh, there's a sorts of pride I think of having the console then. But Jim Ryan doesn't really care about any games, so I. I, I in my opinion, I just feel like they wanted to give Shuhei a position in general because Shuhei still has a very valuable name in the industry, um, especially when it comes to Japan, right? Uh, but uh, so they gave him the indie, you know, the indie uh, department or whatever. He's doing a great job, but I think the overarching concern for me is that Jim Ryan and them they they do not think the same thing. <laughs> Jim Ryan does not care about indie, and he's and, and he's continued to say that. And he's continued to try to push AAA titles, and uh, that has been the continuing focus of PlayStation, which I do not give a fuck about, right? You know what I mean? It's like, you can give me as many Last of Us remakes as you want, or, you know, these other games that we've seen time and time again. Give me give me something that I, I used to play as, as a kid during PS2 days that I loved, and rehashing that like that speaks volumes to gamers it speaks volumes to gamers you know what i mean i understand that the niche game may not give you buku bucks but if you have triple a and a myriad they can do it like i just i just don't believe that i don't believe that they they can't do it because you know they'll bleed too much money i don't think they will if they're really careful on what they choose but that's my opinion but what do you what do you what do you think arthur i think um, it's it's really funny because this article kind of is like a it's like an oxymoron in itself because it talks about the stigma that PS5 has the struggles of, of trying to develop what the PS5 is any developer but it's funny because articles like this increase that stigma um, but I think they should do what X for me I, here's what I think I think they should do what Xbox did um, have add more value to your PlayStation Plus by putting more indie games into that that's that's what that's what i noticed for with game pass game pass even though game, game pass yes has a massive echelon of triple a games on it now it didn't early on but the what they started to do what they what what before game pass became the behemoth it was it was originally a halo gears war machine that's all it was that in between then and now indie games for me for me stated decay like stated decay one was an indie game and that was a game i was heavily looking to play in now of course undead labs has been bought by microsoft it's part of it's a part of microsoft studios but 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 um state of decay was going to be or was sorry state of decay state of decay one was on game pass state of decay two um was not going to be in game pass and so when state of decay two was announced it was going to be in game pass that was a game for that game alone i'm willing to buy game pass i'm willing to be a game pass subscriber and playstation plus has its potential to do that it's long you know play the long game yes you might you know if you throw 10 darts throw any throw if you throw 10 indie games at the wall that is playstation plus will all of them knock out of the park and do it no but there's gonna be a few in there that's gonna be enough for people to jump into playstation plus give you that consistent income for consistent backing and player base so that you can start building up newer projects or you know or more anticipated sequels like i'm still i'm still anticipated for state of k3 
And again, that all came from State of Decay 1. And again, and, 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 and State of Decay 2 was going to be a game I was going to buy outright. So when they got announced, that game, State of Decay 2 was coming to Game Pass, boom, that's when I made the switch. I made the switch because the sequel of a game I loved in Game Pass is now coming to Game Pass. I am poof. I'm 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 jumping the game pass now, whereas before I did a, I did that dollar trial thing. <laughs> um, but I think that's an option on the table they should look at. Do I think they're gonna look at it? No. But that's why I think they can do two birds to one stone here. Is no one's talking about the value of PlayStation Plus. I think like we like we were talking about it, you know, it's really it, it, the only like tangible value savings if you buy the highest tier that face value upfront cost versus the monthly, but that's a lot of money to, to you know, upfront. But I think as PlayStation plus built and this increasing, as we're discussing increasing stigma with indie games on PlayStation five, I think that that's potentially the perfect opportunity to address the indie development situation in Sony while also addressing the value within PlayStation plus. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Um, even having it available for say, like, because they have the tier list, right? The tiers. Even have it under like one of the lower tiers, like the essentials, just so you yeah. have you have more people getting on that service and being able to to be exposed to those great indie games. I think that's a great idea. You know, um, as far as it being profitable, the numbers, I have no idea, but I think as far as just to really show. To really show PlayStation is serious about exposing, you know, getting more exposure to indie devs and to those games uh, to the public, I really feel like that's really the way to do it, you know, and I feel like PlayStation Plus has become so niche over the years where now it's just a hurdle to play online or to play a game that you downloaded years ago, but you need PlayStation Plus now. Um, unfortunately, that's that's how it is on the Xbox side now. It didn't used to be, but now it is. But but nevertheless, I mean, Game Pass is Game Pass. Game Pass is amazing. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, you know, and, and PlayStation Plus is, you know, it's it's not going to, it's never not ever going to be meet Game Pass, but as far no. as it being a worthy service to have uh, and to, to be happy that you have that, that I, I can't say if people, you know, are on board for that. <laughs> the, the, something else to mention the article here, which I mentioned, I did like from the last day to play was we started to see that new logo on the screen, PlayStation plus exclusive or PlayStation plus day one. I forget which one it was. Yeah. Communication. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah. yeah, you know, like again, again, like me, I remember when I started seeing the game pass logo at E3, I was like, Oh man, we have a, we have a thing. This is a thing guys. And so I think, and, and so I think that's kind of there. I think that's what they should do next. They should do again. They should do what, what, what game pass did to make it eventually be what it is today. Again, agreed. It will never be game pass. It will never be, but it doesn't mean what they did. It doesn't mean what they did to get where they are. Shouldn't possibly be replicated within Sony, because again, it worked. It worked. I would argue for all parties involved. Um, now, I'm not. I would say not the majority of people, but I would say there is a majority of people. There is a significant amount of people like me. Where like, let's say Deep Rock Galactic, Deep Rock Galactic via Coffee Stain Publisher, which also publishes Valheim. What I'm saying is, Deep Rock Galactic is on Game Pass. If Deep Rock, if the if the makers of Deep Rock Galactic announce a Deep Rock Galactic two, and it will not be on Game Pass, I'm still buying it because I I have I I know this company. I've played their product. I trust them. 
if they release a sequel to their first game that will not be on Game Pass, I'm now going to buy that game because of what I enjoyed from their previous product on Game Pass. And so I think that's a down-the-road outcome. But again, short-term, I think I think you're right. Because I, honestly, I forgot about the tiers. <laughs> I forgot how they work. <laughs> but again, we were saying how only like the most expensive one's really worth it, <laughs> which is not a good thing. <laughs> um, but I think... I think putting, I think having that PlayStation Plus day one PlayStation Plus PlayStation Plus exclusive logo on more state of plays since E3 is all the picture is going to be the two birds one stone situation with with the increasingly difficulty and stigma that is indie with PS5 and the still consistent I would argue lackluster value of PlayStation Plus, boom. Put indie on PlayStation Plus is the trim the fat version <laughs> of what I think they should do. Definitely agree. Definitely agree. Uh, next topic here on the list uh, is a game that I haven't really heard a whole lot from, and it seems like uh, it might be in a slight state of crisis. So much so that Bioware veteran Mark Dara and the Mass Effect team are helping to finish the game, and I'm referring to Dragon Age 4. So, According to Video Games Chronicle, it says here in quote, EA has announced that Bioware veteran Mark Deere is again working with the studio in bid to help complete Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Uh, Dara, who is now serving as a consultant on the game, retired from Bioware in February 2021 after almost a quarter of the century at the studio. Uh, during that time, he had led for the uh, he led programming for the Baldur's Gate games, uh, directed Sonic Chronicles, and executive produced the Dragon Age series. Additionally, EA told VentureBeat that Bioware's Mass Effect team is now assisting with Dragon Age Dreadwolf development. All smart core group led by Mike Gamble continues pre-production work on the next entry in the sci-fi series. In contrast, Dragon Age Dreadwolf has been in production since last September. Our studio is focused on creating the best Dragon Age Dreadwolf while they're while the core Mass Effect team continues their pre-production work, said Bioware's general manager, Gary McKay. We continue to iterate and polish Dreadwolf, focusing on the things uh, that matter most to our fans. As we further connect the new experience with the series, Legacy Mark Deere will join the team as a consultant, bringing in him years of experience working on Dragon Age. End quote. Uh, Samantha Ryan, senior president of, and group general manager EA, added, in quote, Bioware has a long history of making amazing single-player games with powerful stories that fans can immerse themselves in. Said they've been taking their time on the next Dragon Age, trying new things, bringing in the right people, and making sure that they're refining their game. That's normal for a complex game of this genre. This phase of production takes time, and the studio wants to make sure it gets it right for its fans, end quote. To me, that just says, look, we're, we're fucking up. <laughs> shit isn't happening. Uh, Mark Deere is a consultant, so he try to fix this shit. Um, that's why we haven't seen Dick of massive <laughs> of the Dragon Age Dreadwolf uh, sending out an SOS as the police say via Sting. What do you think, Arthur? <laughs> Dude, if come this not E3 season, if come Summerfest, come pack, you know, if once... Well, I'll say because I, I know PAX East, PAX East just wrapped up. Um, but come, by the way, come Summerfest or Video Game Awards, if we don't even see a cinematic trailer for Dragon Age 4, I'm going to be very, very worried. Let me rephrase that. Me personally, I'm already in a category of don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's no longer Bioware. 
Um, I'm on uh, Dragon Age for me. I didn't have the first. I didn't have the best first impressions with it. Like I said, that game's unplayable. If you like to play skill based archer games and you try to play the first Dragon Age, it's unplayable as an archer. It just is. Um, but again, but Dragon Age Four. You know, there's reports of this thing being in the works, you know, what, since 2015? <laughs> so, I mean, what is, what are they, what's happening? What are they doing with this game? It took them forever to get a, you know, massive announcement, Drell. You know, you remember the last big announcement? We have a name. Because <laughs> 4 wasn't good. Yeah, yeah, because I was like, wait, that's what? Because, yeah. you know, that's what we all were worried about. What's its name? I thought it was going to be called Dragon Age 4. Whoa, nope, Drill. We have a huge big announcement. It has a name. Whoopity do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that kid's science project that he just didn't get to finish it. And the teacher's like, all right, Jimmy, so uh what let's take a look at your project. Um <laughs> so if you have some baking soda and it's a volcano, Jimmy, that's baking powder. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> um, you know. I honestly forgot this game was going to exist because we've been hearing about it or not hearing about it for so long. Um, it's because, you know, I want to say with this, like I said, if we don't get a, a, a gameplay screenshots, anything of this game being physically made, I'm because because this rings bells what we heard before drill anthem. You look at the announcement tracks for Anthem, this is ringing the same thing. New secret Bioware project in the works. Big announcement, guys. Has a name. Anthem. Because remember before, Anthem was like Project Scarlet or something. You know, Project Bleh. And then we got this Cinemac trailer. And what we know now, I remember with Anthem, what we know now, some of the developers working on Anthem were like, oh, that's what this game's going to look like? Oh, we have work to do. (laughs) because they made like a literal just trailer when they had no gameplay and again so i have a lot of anthem production vibes coming from dragon age 4 or now blood wolf dread wolf what's it called dread wolf yeah dread wolf yeah wolf like a <laughs> it's like yeah because just call it four it's easier to remember guys because again with with a game that's been in production and not existing this long just make it easier to remember dragon age four <laughs> da4 is the acronym yeah. um i agree with you you know it's funny though uh the funny thing to me is is that obviously bioware is not bioware anymore right nah. the consultant was one of the people where it was bioware you know what i mean but it's funny it's funny that they have to bring him in to help work on this game. And clearly the game is in a state of crisis. Like this is just a really nice marketing PR nonsense as far as like, no, like this is normal. Like, no, it's not normal. As far as the tracking of how this game has been working, the lack of uh, gameplay foot, the lack of any footage for the game at all. We don't even have a trailer, like a, 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 a fake trailer. We have, we, we had a font. We had a color palette. <laughs> we had we dragon. Had interviews of, we've had interviews with developers on certain, you know, Twitter holidays, I call it, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, oh. you know what I mean? In- interviews of like, how do you feel about Dragon Age 4? So here's my story as a developer. Cool. That sucks you at adversity. Where's the game? 
right away. Yeah, like, 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 can you answer the original question I asked? <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's in a state of crisis. You know what I mean? And you don't, you don't bring in a, you don't bring in a consultant because everything's great. That's not why you bring in exactly. a consultant. It's not like, it's not like we like, it's, you know, it's not like they like brought in a new developer, a new writer. They brought in a consultant. That's corpos. That's corpo speak for a fixer. You want to bring in a yep. fixer unless something's broken, drill. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And it's funny that, you know, this is one of the OG guys when when BioWare was at the peak of its success, we're like, wow, like this is incredible. So, and honestly, I don't know how much he can really do because based on how big of a mess, depending on how bad of a mess Dragon Age 4 is, I mean, it might turn into another last uh the last guardian situation where you're you're dealing with tens of years of uh, R&D and outdate graphics and you really got to shape it to try to get it to a way that it's going to be playable for the for for a customer of today, right? So, you know, I know this game isn't 10 years in the making, but you know, it's coming close. It's it's I mean, it's 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 a problem enough to call a consultant definitely. And I would say I would give it a year, Arthur. I think if one year we don't see any gameplay uh i'm probably not gonna be worried about the game and when i say that i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy it <laughs> i'm not gonna be playing it um i've personally been looking forward to dragon age um it's a great series it's different and they did change up the gameplay over the years inquisition is very much uh more action based so it's kind of leading the same um leading the same uh not forecast but just wave of what gamers want they want action rpg yes. they don't want they don't want the old school turn-based rpgs like we used to get back oh. in the day all those have their own creative palettes it's just not what people want to play today so with that being said you know that is where you know they, they they need to deliver on something i'll give them a year to give us something give us something guys give us something first to give a shit about it you know what i mean so uh that's kind of my thing on that in terms of like give us something to you know give us something there's an article from ign that was done in february 2022 drill uh bioware says dragon age 4 is right in the middle of production as executive producer departs <laughs> so so yeah you know like again like you know people are jumping ship we they lost an executive producer a year ago it's fine everything's fine drill it's not on fire there's no fire that's not smoke that's carbonized steam <laughs> yeah uh, yeah man but um i'm i'm curious to see what new things this brings to the rpg table because remember there's still a lot of big rpgs down the road we still you know think of all think of all the rpgs that's still in production we're waiting on um top of my head we got outer worlds 2 um we got avowed we have elder scroll 6 new mass effect um, we have new mass effect we have um this still to be announced massive you know not massive but open world star wars ubisoft game there's still a lot of big contenders for rpgs in in the works so Dragon Age 4, I think for me, and I can't speak to everyone, but if you know you look at the big RPGs that we know are going to exist, but we've seen nothing about, that's nowhere, that's nowhere near the top for me. You know, Outer Worlds 2, you know, again, because there there are now now what we're saying with Dragon Age of how we have seen nothing yet, 
you can say that for a lot of games, and that's fair. You, I can say that for Avowed. I can say that I can say that for Outer Worlds too. But an asterisk, they told us to wait because <laughs> in the Outer Worlds two trailer, they're like, "How much of this game is actually done? You, you have no idea because neither do we." <laughs> you know what I mean? So they were very oh yeah, made, they were very meta parody about the Outer Worlds two announcement trailer being a parody on itself. So we we know nothing about our worlds too but neither do they they're upfront about it so an asterisk to that same thing with elder scrolls 6 to the point where remember bethesda even came out and said hey we might even regret telling people that elder scrolls 6 is going to exist because of how nothing of how little to nothing has been done for that game and so again with now dagger and it's four in this category of rpgs but that's going to come out in the distant future gta 6 in this category you know what i mean gta 6 down this category of games we know that's going to exist we have no idea when they're going to come out dragon is four needs to do no more to make themselves in the forefront of anticipation and that now i'm not saying rush the game but this is a game we've been we've heard a lot about but i've seen nothing you know what i mean and, and i would argue too like we know more about gta 6 um and uh, unfortunately some of it is forcibly because some of it's been leaked i haven't seen it because i'm trying not to get get exploded for myself but we've seen more from gta 6 than dragon age 4 which is weird because gta 6 is a much bigger game it's a huge fucking game and we know more about that than dragon age 4 what does that say about dragon age 4 (laughs) and gta and gta 6 is you know and gta 6 is like the game people are talking about like man my grandkids gonna love it (laughs) you know like like this is the yeah like this is like gta 6 is the next game for the next 10 years like they're making it a a, a goddamn near a live service game and we know more about it than we know about dragon age 4 which is going to be a single player game you know what i mean like so that that just speaks volumes (laughs) but you're right there's a lot of rpgs that we just don't know what's going on with them and we're waiting on them and we and a lot of them are in fact huge titles that cannot disappoint like a like an Elder Scrolls game like it it cannot disappoint it's gonna look really fucking bad for Bethesda you know um another fallout would disappointment is gonna look even worse Starfield has to deliver to some degree it's gotta be a lot better than Cyberpunk that's that's what I'm thinking numbers wise it's gotta do a lot better than Cyberpunk I think um but yeah man it's weird it's because if you think about it too, articles have articles have either been about Dragon Age Four, either have been about people leaving, or the most minuscule update. It has a name. Cool. You want to tell me anything else? That guy left. You shouldn't have told me anything else. <laughs> like honestly, dude. Like after after you framing that, like if it's not a Game Pass, I'm probably not gonna buy it. <laughs> like just to be completely honest, like just like the state that it's in, and it's weird too. Where as a gamer today, now we're like because you said this before, and I agree with you. It's like we're just we just want games to work now. They can't even work. They can't even work correctly. Day of some games, you, you, there's a little bit of reasons outside of their control some games have to be pressure tested for them to be patched and fixed that that's just the the that's just what has to happen for some games but the majority of games should have worked when they released and a lot of them do not you know what i mean so uh that's just a whole uh, you know they want to have this pay play now patch later model that is really getting out of control you know what i mean horrible yeah and yeah yeah that that plane that 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 um you know 
um, release now, patch later thing needs to die fast. But, you know, that's, what they, you know, again, for me, I'm not the biggest multiplayer guy. So people can tell you of the next competitive shooter. Like, again, there's a lot more people that, that's going to have their ears to the ground for CS, you know, for Counter-Strike 2. I will a little bit for the news, just, you know, for us talking about it. But again, I'm an RPG guy. I'm a, co- I'm a cooperative RPG guy. So again, so for someone like me, that's what I'm saying. Like, so someone like a customer like me, I have all these games on my back burner and Diab- and Diablo, Diablo is another one, but Diablo is more of this year. But you know what I'm saying? Of down the road RPGs, it is a, that is a massive list. It is getting, that list is increasing every year. And that list is getting more competitive every year. And there's bigger names dropping Star Wars. GTA, you know what I mean? Me biasly, Obsidian, but Elder Scrolls Six, and so it's just very concerning. Again, like you were saying, that unless this game's on Game Pass, I'm I'm not buying it. You know, it now they might have a crazy, you know, boom. The, whole, the entire game is cooperative, start to finish. That might get me intrigued, but unless it does, I I don't see myself buying this seventy dollars day one. Yeah, neither do I. And unfortunately for those uh, that never got to play certain games, uh, they better buy them quickly before uh, they close shop entirely. And I'm referring to... oh, actually, Sounds like another fun story to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and the last story on the docket. Um, uh, unfortunately, I think it's, uh, it's probably past the point at this time of talking about this. Uh, but in general, I'm referring to the 3DS uh, Wii U eShop. So it says here, according to NintendoLife.com, uh, it says here that the North American stores will be closing at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern. Uh, oh, it says it'll be closed. Oh, actually, let me start from the top. The Wii U 3DS eShops are closing today, Monday, 27th of March. So, yeah, it's, it's over, guys. Sorry. <laughs> if you're listening to this now. Uh, the North American stores have closed uh, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, according to Nintendo. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it's been over a decade, but it's finally happening. Nintendo's closing down the Wii U 3DS eShops, meaning that, that very soon you'll no longer be able to buy digital games on either platform. This change takes place until March 27th, 2023, which means that it's still time. There's no time anymore. Uh, let's see. I like that question. There's, yeah, this, art, this, art goes, this article just says, yeah, it's, it, it will be closing, but it, it, it's closed already. It's over. It's over, guys. Like, it's... <laughs> did Nintendo say anything else besides, like, it, these games are some of our favorite classics? Like... People just can't play these games anymore. They just no longer exist after after the the twenty seventh, which already happened. That's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like that's to me that's the one beauty of PC is where those games would be available on PC, and you could just go back to your archive, buy them, download them, at least be able to play them when you want. But for Nintendo, since there's such like like we gotta have our ips we don't want to have them on any other platform they're just gonna burn these <laughs> like they're books and no one else can experience them like that's ins- that's like just thinking about that is kind of insane like obviously if you have the hard copy to those games not an issue but if you can't find the hard copy and it's excruciatingly difficult to find people have to play these games illegally which we don't want to do right we don't want to do it but you're not giving us a choice <laughs> So it's like 
and to be very clear, I don't care much about this because I don't own anything Nintendo anymore. But I'm just imagining for those fans where it's like, I wanted to get into this XYZ thing. I never got the chance to. And now I just can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, unless I buy the archaic hardware and try to find the archaic software and find the charger to the goddamn handheld or the AC thing to the console, I'm fucked. And that's crazy to me. Like, that is why that's one of the points of PC that I liked is that you can always go and just buy the fucking thing on the library, put it on your put it put it in your library, and then just go back to it when you just want to fuck around. Like that's why I love GOG games. That's why it's Steam, even though Steam, you know, you're it's uh you're basically leasing every game you buy. But as long as I have internet, I can play it and I don't fucking care. But like at least there's those avenues of digital old games. But when you just remove something entirely, it's like, yo, like how much of an issue was it having it up there? Was Nintendo losing that much money for them to pull the goddamn thing down? Like, it's just weird, man. It's weird that it's weird that we rely on digital so much and for digital to react this way as far as, oh, yeah, we're just going to close this. You know, like what? I don't know. Uh, what do you, What do you think? You're probably not responding as crazy as I am. No, you're absolutely right because that was one of the biggest pushers for digital preservation. Because like, and in every aspect of nearly any industry, when you hear of the switch from analog or tangible to digital, what's the reason? Preservation. Whether it's some library scanning their PDFs or their books, games going from cartridges to digital. What's the reason? Simplicity and preservation. And if you're Nintendo, eh, screw it. <laughs> which yeah, is like, a weird time. Which hey. is a weird time for them. Their Mario movies are on the corner. They just opened. They just opened a wing of their own amusement park in Universal Studios, um, Orlando, Hollywood. Well, no, Hollywood. I don't know about Orlando. Universal Studios, Hollywood, and Universal Studios Tokyo. You couldn't have hold it, held on to it for like a few more months until your movie drops to get people back on there. Cause like, yes, exactly. And here's the thing for me, like when I moved here to Minnesota, you know, when I moved here to Minnesota in late August, I got rid of, I didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even put in the effort. <laughs> I didn't even put in the effort of going to um, GameStop. I just gave them an neighbor. I just, I just, re I did 3DS and I gave all the way, all like six games I had. One of which was Kingdom Hearts uh, 3D kingdom hearts dream drop distance and you know if there's any fandom that's you know not want to say niche dude if i if i was still held on to the, like that one kingdom hearts cartridge oh, i could have sold it for pretty good money now because <laughs> it'd be valuable now seriously so yeah exactly so but that's again that's the one of the that was one of the biggest in nearly any industry one of the biggest core drivers from going to analog to digital it was preservation and storage so for them to just shut it down and here's the thing about nintendo they're not very transparent at all they're a big we're gonna do this screw you give me 70 dollars for zelda <laughs> you know and yeah. this is nintendo um the weird thing that's that i see this i see it's nintendo in terms of their publicity nintendo knows their publicity they just don't care they're like, that's they're like, hey, we're doing this. We don't care. Oh, you don't like it. We don't care. But I will say in the backwards, and this is really not like Nintendo, because up until now, we've been praising Nintendo's name for preservation. But now I guess just pick, picky and choosy because they still have their SNES catalog. Remember, drill now it's starting to hit me. You know, they have, they, you know, they have 
they just shut down the, they just shut down these stores when remember when it was one of the biggest perks to their to their um to their there's a burp coming um to their subscription service remember at that one nintendo um nintendo state of play nintendo direct that nope that was like a ministry e3 yeah. remember what remember was one of the things remember what was one of the things they debuted or announced at that crazy um nintendo direct um n64 and sega genesis games coming to their online service yeah why couldn't they have put a portion of these on there instead of just like like you said digitally just burning them all down of just you know hi, you know highlight right click delete no not recycle bin just deleting them yeah like they could have increased their their subscription base you know what i mean as far as like the price yeah. like and it would have been valid because like look there's there's new shit on here <laughs> you know what i mean like increasing next year even even an extra two three bucks like people would still they wouldn't bat an eye they would they would automatically subscribe still if you just say the entirety entirety not a portion not a thousand the entirety of the 3ds and wii u stores are on this on that service now and they increase the service by five ten by let's say five bucks ten bucks would be a little people upset understandable you're putting two generations two whole entire systems worth just poof here you go and here's the thing the other thing that came out from this that was that found people trending or for me at least or at least what you know my algorithm what a lot of people started posting after this 3ds situation a lot of people started figuring out that you could put in original Xbox discs as is into your Series X and they play. Now that might be fake news. But either way, I still like that I can still have my Xbox series, my, my original Xbox, the original Xbox games on the store. I was playing Hunter, I was playing playing Hunter the other day, um, and I bought Tom Spiders for two bucks. It makes me nervous because I'm hoping this isn't something that Xbox does because sony tried it and they backed off remember sony was announced the ps3 and the ps vita remember that yeah that was a that was a very uh that was a that, that was a bad situation a lot of people were pissed off like even ign writers were openly pissed off and even mentioned it in their podcast probably when they shouldn't have because they're close they're, they're close uh they do close business with those companies but yeah yeah and then they then they they uh you know they said nah 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 my bad <laughs> on real and real quick i did a quick google yes um you can you can put original xbox discs into your series x and they still play that's crazy yeah that's wild i mean xbox is the they're they're literally at this point to me they're now the king of they're preservation. The, they're the best, pre yeah. They're the best at preservation. You know what I mean? And it's it's crazy. You know what I mean? And, and I love that that's still valued. And I still owe that to uh, Phil Spencer. You know, I think he really, he's really done a big push. I think and contributor to making sure that that happens. I will say the last episode um, where Church said that uh, <laughs> that. Um, where Phil came back and he pretty much did the exact same thing that they were originally pushing during E3. That's entirely not true when I thought about it again, because during that announcement, during um, that E3, they were pushing Xbox to be more of a TV service, like to have a TV subscription service and to have the Kinect. 
um, which eventually they 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 divvied away. I think people were upset that that it was turning into a we and we niche console, and that there was less focus on game production. Um, because sometimes Microsoft has problems with releasing their IP, their big IP games available, uh, and mm-hmm. having them be good, pro- exactly <laughs> good products. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly to my point. Um, so I think the fact that whoever before Spencer, Phil Spencer, uh, did that and where Phil Spencer really focused more, let's focus on our games and, and the less media stuff later, that is Phil Spencer did that, and that was not that was not a company initiative originally. That was not a focus. If it was a focus, they would have they would have approached it the way Phil Spencer was, you know, kind of pulling the wheel back. So that's the one thing I, I do disagree with Church about that. I was just thinking about it. I was like, I was like, well, you know what? Phil Spencer did change it for the right reason for sort of focusing on the game. Everything else, yes, maybe you can say argue those features were implemented, but Eventually. they but but I remember that I remember that conference very vividly, and I remember they were really they had a whole fucking segment about it being more so a dvr a tv, TV service tv it was a drinking it was like a drinking and, game How yeah and TV, and the, TV. yeah and the connect that was a big focus that they were pushing on they had they had minutes on the show floor to push that versus focusing on their ip games and that was a fucking mistake so it, so i will give spencer as far as when it comes to turning the ship you know around that was the focus that he 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 had you know but but back to back to this topic when it comes to preservation yeah it's to me it's to me it's scary that nintendo is doing this because before microsoft nintendo were the preservation kings you know what i mean the eShop has has the original super mario brothers on there if i'm not mistaken i think it's twenty dollars like what the fuck <laughs> but i guess <laughs> nintendo but but before microsoft there was nintendo and nintendo was in fact the preservation kings they had they had a, a whole ass catalog uh for nintendo fans 30 40 years old available for you to play um uh, and you can buy it so the fact that they're divvying away a whole ass generation like it doesn't exist anymore and now people have to hunt down these games it's 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 a little more it's a little concerning to me um uh, and, and you know and again speaking to the, the now self to dethrone you know nintendo self nintendo self dethroning themselves and xbox now the new king of preservation just a reminder what the series x this is from Games Radar. Quote: With the Series X, you can now use game discs for Xbox One, Xbox 360, and original Xbox. That's insane. You have to be connected online, though, right? I mean, regardless, it's amazing. Still, yeah. But but, but yeah, like like but to your point, that's inc- that's that's incredible. That's unheard of. No other console does that. Literally. No. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Series X over here, like playing Xbox original, you know, like Time Slayers games, and you know, also in PlayStation five, like what's a PlayStation four <laughs> dude, you know, we're, you know, Hey, Hey, man, hey we're talking, you know, we're talking about church and church was praising GameStop. We're talking about used games, dude, Xbox and GameStop need to like market that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're, cause we're saying what's the, cause what's the biggest, you know, on the back end, what's the biggest, I want to say revenue generator, but like what's the biggest return on investment? For um GameStop, the market, the market value, not market value. You've heard of investment, um profit margin. There, yeah, that's that's, that's a face. The biggest yeah, profit yeah, margin yeah. is used items. Used items because yeah. it's a hundred percent. It's all GameStops. So, you know, for so there's other people there that want to game on a you know they want to game on a budget. They want to game on a budget, 
you know, that, you know, like, you know, that go to GameStop, dude, pre-owned games, Xbox original 360 and you know, all that. That's crazy. And yes, I will sir. say, and I will say back to your <laughs> Phil Spencer thing with uh, E3. Do you remember when they had kids on the stage playing with Connect Zoo animals? Oh no, Connectimals. I try to forget it. And we're all just like, <laughs> what are we watching? Yeah, I just remember opening the store and I was taking a trade, and I'm like, what the fuck am I watching right now? Like, I have my phone next to the register. He's <laughs> like, hey, what's like, what are they E3? doing? There's what are they doing? <laughs> petting a tiger. Um, like I said, Xbox rightfully so, you know, blew up the connect, you know, like, you know, not like, oh, they got, you know, not, I don't mean like modern day. Oh, it blew up online. No, I mean like C4 plaque explosive. They blew it up. Um, <laughs> um, so that's why I'm still nervous. Not to like sore tangent, but that's why I'm sort of nervous with the PSVR two, just cause consoles when they've got out of their lane, haven't done too well. Well, I will say too before we end the show, <laughs> more bad news. Um, th- they are showing reports of un- of uh, <laughs> unexpected uh, reported uh, underwhelming sales for VR two. No, right, and it's like, look, what? it costs it it. It's like buying two consoles, two PS fives to play some bullshit games. Like it just. And you have to have a a PS5 to play it. That's what I'm saying. You have to have a PS5 to play it. You know what I mean? That's why I say like it it literally is like two PS5s like as far as like the cost. Like it's like five ninety nine or some shit for some bullshit. And you have to have the PS5. It's, you know, it it just shows how out of touch. It shows out of touch and it shows that there is really a missing focus. Like Jim Ryan needs to stop focusing on because he has nothing. I do agree that Jim Ryan should have been focusing on, you know, Hey, what's going on with this call of duty thing with Xbox. I get it because it costs like they get millions of dollars of sales for people buying call of duty for PlayStation. I get that. But what I, what I do think that he needs to revert his fucking attention towards is the PS five and its games because PS VR two is not going to do it. It's not going to do it where you have all these layoffs and shit. You know, when you have costs are rising, like where the like, where do you fucking think your your entire population is? Like, not everyone lives in fucking San Francisco that makes like six figures. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the annoying factor where it's like you need I, to really focus on your games, dude. When so. you're talking about the cost and trying to get off the phrase, how do you? I thought you were about to say, not where do you know what you're saying? Where do you? I was like, I thought you were about to say, where do you get off, Jim Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to price. This How dare PC. you, sir? You know what I mean, <laughs> because you're right. Like it's, but you're buying. Hey, do you have a PS5? Do you want to buy a PS5 again? Because <laughs> that's that's what you're doing with the PSVR VR2. That's what you're doing. And there's only like a handful. Like you can count in one hand original games at launch. Because the majority of their catalog at launch is a port from their PS. <laughs> from their vr1 and drill talk about backwards compatibility playstation v playstation vr1 games don't work on vr2 yeah that's yeah that, yeah it's yeah <laughs> what does that work that's like, what i was saying was, that's what i was saying a couple episodes ago i was like hey you know it's funny vr1 games were in vr2 and it's literally like a two-year gap you know what i mean like it's 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 insane you know and you, it's yeah it's like a two-year gap super small gap and you have to buy them, and you have to buy them again. Because if what there's one thing that Sony is known for is for their up, their quote unquote upgrade system it has been never been good. Now with Ghost of Tsushima, 
Now, with Last of Us, nothing. You know, uh, the UPS delivery, Kojima, no man readers. Death Stranding. Two. Death Stranding, thank you. I just threw out words. I just couldn't think of the name. <laughs> I, I, just, I just remember Norman Reedus, UPS. You said UPS, oh. Kojima. I said, oh, okay, so I did the But yeah, like I said, no, none of their up, none of their upgrading from PS4 to PS5 worked, worked or was, I would say, financially fair or reasonable day one. And now they've even upped their own game with, hey, you know those games that came out like two years ago for the PS, the PlayStation VR? Yeah. Buy him again. <laughs> it's wild, bro. It's a whole ass wild, uh, so wild thing. So between Nintendo shutting down its stores, Sony having no idea how to spell preservation or backwards compatibility, Xbox. What up? It always boils down to subscribe to Game Pass, and that is the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to talk about? That's all the topics I have. I will give this. I will give one compliment where I did not think it was going to be due. This might be a little longer. So if I have to any topic, I am surprisingly very, very, third one, very excited for Diablo 4. Ooh. That, now mind you, church. I know uh, they were due to a, a tech issue on my end. We did a stream with all of us there, and not all the audio, not all the audio went through. Okay. But I was internally screaming every time Church was trying to educate me on like decades worth of mechanics on Diablo. I'm like, Diablo, that's my job. I'm supposed to be educating everybody else. No, because he's like, he's like, oh, you know, you can do this. Did you know you can do this? Yes, that's Diablo. Yes, if you play games outside the Immortal, they can do that. That's how games work when you play on a phone. Uh, and so I was just like internally just going crazy. He's like, do you know you can transmark them? Yes. It's yes, because that's what happens when a game doesn't get on a phone. <laughs> and so like so I love I was church, like, man. That's why he's a I great just, person to be on. I was, angry. I was just like happily angry. He's like, do you know you can do this? Yes. Cause because this is again, this isn't Diablo 2 or you know, this is Diablo 4. That being said, um with Diablo 4 beta. I played the Necromancer. If it really felt like day one Diablo, like I'm back, like it, I'm back. I'm playing Diablo. It's cooperative. There's things I don't like, like it's a live service. It's the, unfortunately, that's one of, that's one more things of it's the future microtransactions, battle passes, season passes. So there's all new things that the, that's becoming an industry norm that I can't really get too many at Diablo though I kind of want to because it was Blizzard that made some of these industry norms popular. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Overwatch. Um, but <laughs> as a game, dude, the week, drill, the week following the beta, I was just constantly Googling, YouTubing, um, also using Bing. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, if you use Bing, every time you search it, you get reward points. <laughs> so... You want to check? Your I have like twenty tools? bucks, I think. I can gash out, yeah. So, so really random. Also, just hey, it's me. Me talk about Game Pass should not be a shocker. I breathe air, I eat food, I talk about Game Pass. Hi, I'm Arthur. Nice to meet you. Um, but uh, yeah. So I've been using Bing a lot more because that because I get reward points. Um, but I've been searching a lot of Diablo stuff, and it one thing that makes me a little nervous, but not entirely, is there is more speak that industry insiders are concerned that this beta we played is not actually a quote unquote 
beta, but a demo. The biggest difference between a demo and a beta is a beta means that change will be implemented, whereas a demo is like, here's the game. A demo is like, here's the game. It comes out in a week or a month, whatever, play it. Whereas a beta says, here, it's a public play test. If there's things to fix, we'll fix. Now, uh, there's worries that, that now, I don't think it's true, but even if it is, I'll say this, Drill. Even if there are the bugs or like things that will not be fixed day one, I'll say this. I, I was almost messaging you guys like, dude, the hype, the internal hype and excitement I had playing that beta, I was talking myself out of pre-ordering it because I love Diablo. Diablo. I had a great time playing with y'all. It was really fun. The Necromancer is my favorite, the, the, specifically, very specifically, the Diablo Necromancer is my favorite RPG class I've ever played. I, I, that's, that's as a franchise. Like when I play like other RPGs, I play Stealth Archer, Skyrim, uh, or a stealth shooter, Outer Worlds, Fallout. But if I have the chance to be like a summoner or a necromancer, it's because of Diablo. That's my go-to. That is my go-to class. I love doing that. And and so when I was playing that beta and having hands-on with you guys, I'm just like, I was all, I mean, like all in, put it all on red. Let's go. And so it's, again, compliment towards due. I am shocked of how flip I've gone from, I want, yeah, I want Blizzard to burn, <laughs> like, to I cannot wait for June to play this game. Yeah. That, that being said, if, they pull, <laughs> if Blizzard pulls a Blizzard and they mess it up, that just, it just sucks because... I'm now going to be that much more of a fall from grace because I got excited because I had myself up because I got, because I was anticipating it. If blizzard does what blizzard does and they mess up the launch, it's going to be that much more of a fall for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that happens drill. Yeah. It's definitely going to hurt a lot more. I do agree with you. I had a great time playing the necromatch is fucking crazy. Just seeing like going through like one dungeon to the next and seeing like blood just, thrown in my face as i'm trying to go through the hallway i'm like what the fuck like, yeah. corpse explosion corpses ex they're going to they're going to nerf, nerf it but they're going to nerf it but the necromancer i would say is a smidge op but there are small fixes where they if they can make it a little more balanced but knowing how anybody balances anything if it's something's nerfed i'm oh, sorry if i hit my mic if something's nerfed rather than doing a slight constructive fix like they should do i'm ready to do what everyone always does and just woof like fix it too much nerf it too much and now it's not fun now it's not playable now it's super weak you know what i mean yeah um as far as the beta demo argument i don't i don't know if it's true and honestly too it is another state of semantics i think as well because the 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 original you know the notion that you mentioned as far as like the demo like it's 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 done it's just a portion of it it's not, it's not entirely the case just because there's a lot of disclaimers before you play a demo that say that like the what you're playing may not be the final version it can change um usually a demo is more of a a, a refined state of a game you know what I mean? I think that is that is easy to be said, but I will say there's always been an asterisk for demo saying that this is not the final version. Things can change. And I think a beta is more so an online version of that. But again, I think it's just a semantics nature. I think 
when it comes to the game coming out in two months, I think that should be a significant amount of time to fix little nuances. Unfortunately, they are going to have a play now patch later functions because it is a live service game. You can't really avoid that. You can't avoid that in general because it's a live service game. So that will happen. Um, and also pressure testing and stuff like that. Like that's stuff that regular games don't don't deal with that have to be patched. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really want the game to win. I wanted to win. I wanted to be really good just because I had such a really good time. Because I was telling you, I've had that good of a time playing online since like either when we played Gears of War or when I played Mass Effect 3 or when I played fucking Champions of Norath. Like even just removing the online portion, just playing the game like Baldur's Gate Champions of Norath. Like like those are some of my favorite top down RPG action RPGs. So um, for this to have that type of nostalgia and some very exciting and i don't play very many games these days but if this game were to hook me you know i might be that fat fuck that plays diablo you know three times <laughs> i'm a mad times a month you know what i'm saying so that's, dude i already that's give you guys drill already warned you guys man heads up when that game launches i'm gonna no life that game <laughs> um and it's say, been it's been so long since i've heard you say that phrase because i remember like during skyrim that, that, was, that was the case you said that uh fallout four three you know what i mean it's nice to know life a game that's good you know what i mean like that is that is good, really that's fun yeah um i will say also in terms of cooperative like joining other people's worlds they do something that i wish every single cooperative game would always do they scale it what I mean by that is I was level 10, church was level 15, you were level one. Like you literally turned the game on, major character, we joined. But it wasn't one of those situations where like church is level 15, killing everything. I'm level 10, killing some things. And you're level one, not doing anything, just picking up the loot from all the people we one we one tapped. No, they scaled it. So for me, my enemies were level 10. For church, they were level 15. So even though we were playing together at completely different levels, it was still challenging. We nearly died during a boss. We were like freaking out, you know. It, and that's because that's the that's and so, and so in terms of in terms of a because that's a core mechanic, and if that if, if one of your core mechanics is bad, the game would be bad. So, I know this last topic kind of being a longer one, but I will say that in terms of a core mechanic, uh, how joining other people's worlds, the scaling makes it astronomically better. Because if you've ever played like Borderlands, for example, it's the level of the host. Now, this might have been Borderlands 2. For me, Borderlands 3 was kind of forgetful. And plus, I only played Borderlands 3 with Victor, so we were at the same level the entire time. But Borderlands 2, I was joining other people's games. And I want to say it was like, if I'm level 20 and he's level 10, the world's level, the, the whole world is level 10. So I'm just plowing through everything. He And now all of a sudden, the host of the game feels bored because a high-level friend joined. And so had that not be the case where everyone, the, the host of the world, the, the, the friends that have joined it, they all have fun together because it's scaled. Ugh, Diablo's back. Great I'm point. So happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to play it. I'm excited for it. And here's the thing, Drell. That's another reason why I credit, I'll try to cut it short. That's another reason why I've criticized Blizzard for so long because I haven't felt this towards a Blizzard game in what feels like over a decade. You know what I mean? And and this is what Blizzard was to a lot of people. It Blizzard was the champion of fun. Look at World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft blew up the way it did because it was fun. And 
Blizzard along the years focused less on fun and more on people's wallets. And it showed time and time again. And to have a taste of that come back in this beta, I'm very happy for very exciting. We will see what happens. Hopefully they can uh, they can hit the mark as yeah, I had a great time as well. And one uh, last thing, uh, you're welcome for ending the show on a good note. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, that that is that no well kudos to you because you brought up the topic. So um so that's gonna wrap it up here for the Game is for Life podcast each and every Friday slash Saturday discussing Sunday slash Sunday, discussing all things games. I'm one of your hosts, Jarrell. With me is my co host, Arthur Thomas. That's me. Alrighty, thanks y'all. We will see you next week.